alone, where we will be moving beyond research to generate awareness that leads to strategic action that will help us fight for anti-racism in America today. Well, hello, friends. Today, I want to do something just a little different. Instead of a conversation with a friend, I just want to share with you um, some notes that I've taken from a book that I have been reading. And this book is called Compassion and Conviction. It's the AND Campaign's Guide to Faithful Civic Engagement. And it's by Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler. And I've appreciated this book because I often find myself not fitting anywhere politically. I would say that I tend to be more conservative than the liberals and more liberal than the conservatives. And so I often say that I would call myself a moderate or even independent. And so I tend to be drawn towards books that can kind of help give me a framework. As a Christian, what does it mean to be engaged politically? And also with some of the things that I've been studying specifically for the PhD program I'm in, or even for work at the BSM, I'm constantly thinking through culture. I'm thinking through the issues that are happening today. And obviously, we're just days away from our presidential election. And so I wanted to share some things that have stood out to me from the first couple of chapters of this book. This morning, I shared a post on Facebook from one of my professors that was basically echoing the things that I have been wrestling with politically. And what was surprising to me was the number of people who liked it in regards to one person in particular who shared some disagreements and wants to get in into a conversation, which I will gladly welcome. And so then I started to just kind of think through as I'm preparing to have a conversation with someone who disagrees with me, what does that look like? And I listen to a podcast called Pantsuit Politics that really kind of helps you think through how do we have a conversation with nuance? How do we have a conversation with someone that I disagree with in a way that is, while we're disagreeing, we still see the person. We still remember their worth and their value. And I think that oftentimes that gets forgotten. And... And so once again, I was reminded again about this book that I've been reading. And so on page one, they start off by saying, what is the relationship between my Christianity and my politics? And that's what I'm wrestling with. I see throughout my reading of the scripture, the way that Jesus loved people, the way he stood up for justice, the way he reminded everybody of their sin. I think about... When Jesus said, okay, which one among you can cast the first stone? And all of them had to turn and walk away. He was standing up for the sinner in the midst of reminding other sinners about who they were. And so as I think about my Christianity and my faith in Jesus, I have to think and remember that this broken world is broken because of sin, which means every person is broken and every system is broken. And so, which means that our politics is going to be ugly and imperfect because our world is. And our world is that way because we are. 
And so what do we do with that? It's really easy, I believe, for Christians to step out and say, I'm not going to engage. This is a world where I don't fit, or I'm just not going to care, or I'm only going to vote one specific way because that's what you do when you're a Christian. And so I want to challenge anyone who may listen to this to start to engage intellectually with your faith and to think through what does this look like for me to be a Christian and from my faith, I'm informing my politics. Because we have to understand that when Christians refuse to engage within the things that are happening around us, we're failing to steward the things that God has placed around us too. The authors point out, they're saying, how can we be salt and light if we have no contact with society? And it's true. It's so easy for us to turn and walk away from anything that disagrees with me or maybe too hard or honestly, I just don't like them. But we don't get that choice because of the gospel. We have to engage politically because that provides us a robust opportunity to love others, to love our neighbor, and as the Bible calls us, to act justly. And by doing that, we get to promote human flourishing as we seek the prosperity of those around us. That should be the way we view politics. For us to love someone, that means that we are actively pursuing their good. And so for my husband and I, when we love one another, we are trying to do what is good for the other person. For my family, for my friends, that is our hope. But do I have that same hope and that same end goal for those that I interact with or maybe don't even know that live in my neighborhood? Or maybe they have a different political sign in front of their house than I would align with. What does it look like for me to still actively seek their well-being? We have to get involved. We have to participate to ensure that society is treating others fairly and upholding a standard that is celebrating human dignity. That is what it looks like for me to take my Christianity and to gaze through it into the political sphere. So how do we do that? We have to engage kindly, respectfully, and remember what it is that we believe. Another thing that the authors pointed out, and this is found on page 35, says, as Christians, we must understand that not every precept in the Bible is meant to be a law of the state. Our politics must be oriented towards a vision of what is truly good for all people, even those who hold very different beliefs or interests. This is what it means to love our neighbors in politics. So not everything that the Bible has is meant to be law. I want to encourage you to think about that. That's something that I have been chewing on. You see, because the Bible does not provide a political platform. And we have to be very, very careful not to confuse our personal policy preferences with our personal religious doctrine. So while we can't confuse them, we must still make our decisions in our life and politically from a biblical worldview and framework. And that only happens by us knowing the word of God. And so coming at politics from a biblical framework means 
that we are not supporting any solution that undermines human dignity. And so how are we making sure that the policies and the laws of our land are celebrating human dignity and ushering it in so that others can flourish? You see, Christians, our goal is not for all of us to have the exact same viewpoint politically. But what that goal actually is, is for us to think Christianly about politics. You see, we can choose a political party, but we can't choose between love and truth. Those two things cannot be divorced in the gospel. So as Christians, we must support social justice and morality, family values. We cannot support ungodly behavior. We have to pursue the human dignity of all people to make sure and ensure that the poor are cared for. There's just different things that throughout Scripture we are told that this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I believe it really can be lined in a foundation of love for others. This love must compel us to advocate for justice on their behalf, just as we would do for ourselves or for those that we love. Who are those people that you need to advocate for? I know from my perspective, race issues are a really big deal for me because of people that are in my life and because the Lord continues to reveal systemic issues that are happening that are just not okay. They contradict gospel truth. They contradict and go against human dignity and flourishing. And as a Christian, I cannot stand by and allow that to continue. So how do I advocate? How do I enter in? And so now I'm thinking differently politically than I've ever thought before. I cannot support a policy or a rhetoric or a party that I believe demeans a group. It's that simple. I can't support a political person or justify their behavior when they're demeaning an ethnicity, a race, or they're bullying someone or a group of people. Christians, these authors wrote on page 47, as Christians, we should always be learning and identifying societal issues that need to be fixed for the sake of our neighbors. What does that look like in your life? I want to ask you to think through that. What does it look like for you to become a learner of what's going on in your world around you? What does it look like for you to begin to identify broken societal issues that must be engaged by Christians? And lastly, I I found this to be a really helpful phrase as well. When the Bible is silent on a topic, we have to be honest about it and not use the Bible to fortify a position that faithful Christians can see differently. So what does that mean for us when two Christians don't agree on a specific policy or topic or in a conversation? We have to remember that if the Bible doesn't speak on it, we cannot say that this is what the Bible says or this is what it means on those issues that are biblically sound and 
honestly, commandments, then we enter in into that conversation. But anything else, we have to hold loosely and to say, listen, I want to hear your side. Something that I learned a long time ago was the importance of humility. I don't know everything. And I want to go into every conversation with a humble posture that's basically asking myself, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? I want to learn spirit speak. Because if I'm wrong, I want to align with truth. So I want to leave you with that question. What if you're wrong? Are you willing to go and to submit before the Lord and pray? Lord, reveal your truth. What does it look like for me to stand up for justice? For me to love my neighbor? And for me to put in the work to see which politicians can best do good for the most people. What if we're wrong? So I hope that you'll pick up this book as well. Like I said, it's done It's done a lot for me as far as spurring thought and having me ask some questions that have been really, really helpful. And so, friends, as we dive in to the rest of this campaign season and we prepare to vote, may we, may we love one another well. And may we look for opportunities to seek justice and human flourishing. If you would like to continue this conversation, you can contact me at stephaniegatessloan.com. The music was created by my talented friend, Vince Romanelli. Thanks for listening.